Every single entrepreneur needs to hear that. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Marketer Podcast. Perfection is the enemy of greatness. Where we discuss quick, actionable marketing tips, tricks and trends. You've got to learn how to fail up in this business. Now, please welcome your hosts. Brands have to get their heads out of their ROAS, dude. That is the most underrated marketing hack. Trevor Crump and Mark Goldhart. I mean, at that point, you're absolutely unstoppable. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Unstoppable Marketer Podcast. We have an absolutely awesome episode. I think we're on episode four. Uh, or Sorry, no, it's episode five. We're on episode five today. Uh, as always, my co-host, Mark Goldhart, is here with me. What's up, Mark? What is up? I'm glad to be here, and I am stoked for today's podcast. Today's a good one. We have an absolute legend on for as our guest today. His name is Matt Lemon. He's the CEO and one of the partners over at an awesome golf lifestyle brand called Jones Sports Co. What's up, Matt? How are you, Trev? Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Of course, buddy. It's it's good to have you on. Um, Matt, you know, our relationship kind of goes back, me and you personally, uh, you know, probably a few years now. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you've, been, you, you've got a relationship with the lab as well. But I don't know if you remember, like I, I was just actually talking to Mark about this as we were talking about having you on the show. My first memory like, like of meeting you was such a fun memory. And I don't know if you remember what this is, but we were in Orlando and we were at the PGA show, which is a big golf expo out in, out in Orlando, Florida. And I met Matt and his team out there. And I met him on one of the biggest, like most epic mini putt courses that <laughs> Pirate, they Pirate's have these Cove. Pirates, Pirates Cove. Cove they have these yep. massive massive epic mini putt like you don't know mini putt until you go to Orlando Florida and and it was just this massive like competition everyone's throwing money down we had teams and that's where I got to know Matt uh, and his entire team and it was just like such a cool introduction not only to you as as a human being but to your entire business because everyone was there. It was super dope. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was a blast from the past right there. I just I just got pictured Pirates Cove. I haven't been there in a couple of years, obviously, due to COVID. But yeah, that, that place is epic as far as putt-putt goes. And uh, <laughs> obviously, you met me and realized, okay, these guys are competitive, even with many putt-putt. So <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> I think it, we, lo- I think we lost. <laughs> I think we lost some money. Seriously. Most yep. expensive, most expensive round of mini putt I've had in my life. <laughs> uh, good times, good call, good call, good story there. Yeah, well, well, okay. So let's let's jump into this. So Matt, why don't you just give us a little bit of an introduction to you and to Jones and, and what you guys are all about? Obviously, you have a really cool story because Jones Jones has been around for a while, but your relationship with Jones hasn't that's a little bit newer so i want to kind of hear a little bit about that so why don't you jump in tell us a little bit about yourself and jones yeah sure uh matt lemon 35 years old live in uh, lake oswego oregon which is just about 20 minutes outside of portland um graduated from the university of oregon um i've golfed since i was about three years old so golf has always been my passion um and then obviously out of college i uh didn't start jones out of the get-go i worked for a 
my family business, which is North Coast Electric Company. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked there for a few years um, and wasn't exactly my passion. So wanted to find something I, I did enjoy and did, you know, enjoy waking up and getting out and going to do. So um, luckily for me, the opportunity to purchase the Jones brand, um, which was kind of dead at one point in about yep. 2011, Um, my father actually, um, who used to run North coast was, uh, recently retired and he was like, Hey, do you want to, you know, get into the golf business? I was like, heck yeah, I do. I mean, let's, let's do something (laughs) that, that we're, that's fun and, and we can get into and doesn't feel like work. So my brother and myself and my dad, we purchased the, uh, the Jones sports company name from Yoshida group. Mm-hmm. Um, who's famous for their sauce here in Portland, Oregon. Oh, sick. Um, <laughs> yeah. They had purchased the brand from the original owner, uh, which is George Jones, yep. um, back in the early 2000s and kind of just changed the branding, really, took it overseas and um, really kind of just crushed the soul of Jones. So we had the idea of bringing back the old iconic Jones bag, which was very, very popular in the 70s and 80s. Like you said, it's an old brand. We just had our 50th anniversary. Um, Congrats, so brand, by the way. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, the brand was founded in 1971 here in Portland, Oregon by George Jones, who was uh, actually a taxi cab driver before he started Jones. Um, so, so, yeah, and he's he was legend. He was before his time, right? He, uh, yeah. he was kind of an inventor, right? He we have so many patents and stuff on file that he had created that were um, just really way ahead of their time. Um, Jones built the what? first. Yeah, Jones that's built, legendary, dude. He he was something else, and he's actually still kicking. He lives in Lake Oswego, my hometown. I think he's got to be in his nineties, but um, yeah, he's he's still around. Um, so but cool. yeah, he he created the first stand bag before. Ping and Titleist came out with it in Sun Mountain. So wow, yeah, he was he was definitely a legend. Um, do you guys have all those original blueprints? And we do. Yeah, we do. That's so cool. They're, Incredible. They're wild to, to file through. That's they're uh, they're really cool. And, and for those of you who don't know, like and, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. Jones was like 70s, 80s, you know. And I think if I remember, like 90s is when it probably started dying. But like 70s and 80s, they dominated the carry game, right? Absolutely. Absolutely dominated. Yeah. They had pretty much any Mm -hmm. high school or college name with on, on a Jones bag. And that was kind of the badge of honor back in the day. If you were a golfer, um, you saw someone carrying their, their Jones bag with their high school name and, and their name on the bag. That was, that was something we were, we were lucky to, uh, to have behind us was, you know, the, um, remembrance of Jones, like, yeah, I'll remember the first time we walked into the PGA show that Trev was talking about back in uh, 2012. We just have old pros walk up and be like, oh my God, Jones is back. I haven't seen that in years. So that was something that we, were, so cool. we were very fortunate in the beginning to um, be able to set up our wholesale accounts because all these head pros grew up carrying it. I have, that's I have awesome, a question. Dude. I have a question for you, Matt. I mean, because that's it's fascinating because a lot of brands just start from scratch. Right, where where you guys went and resurrected a brand that was once it once had all of that clout, all of that recognition, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like maybe it's even harder to resurrect something that's that's been dead. There was definitely <laughs> pressure, Mark. I mean, obviously, you know, 
you got one shot at this, so you really can't screw it up, right? So we wanted to really... you have to hit that nostalgia. You have to hit like, what people remember, but you also have to bring it to a modern tone. Correct. Yeah. Basically, Wild. what we did was we bought old bags off eBay and started looking for factories overseas to see who could make the best one with modern materials. Shut up. Mm-hmm. That's yep. epic. Yeah. Yeah, like just, that's absolutely epic. Got what on cool. eBay. It's like, what? What do we do here? <laughs> we gotta, we gotta replicate this the best we can because, obviously, Jones, uh, they used to manufacture back here in Portland in the seventies and eighties. So yep. everything was made here in Portland. So yep. being able to master the quality that George did back in the day was was tough with doing it overseas. But yeah, obviously, in today's modern world, um, you kind of got to work over there to to make it happen and make it affordable. Yeah, very true. I, I got one more question to that because I did, I had no idea the depth of that. How much, like what was the most expensive bag you had to pay for on eBay? Do you remember? They're, like what were you know, selling all, for at the time? A couple hundred bucks here and there. Okay, obviously. not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Obviously, the owners were very proud of them. And, and most of them were in great shape. I mean, that's the thing. Those things were bulletproof. You know, so they're rad. made here in the U.S. and they've they've withstood the, the stand of time. And, you yeah. know, if you, if you come into our warehouse, we have, you know, I probably brought 30 or 40 bags off eBay and we just we have them on the wall. And it's kind of like a little timeline of of the uh, the Jones bag. So I love cool. it. Yeah. So, awesome. so you guys, you res you started the resurrection of this of this brand, right? Mm -hmm. What? Because when I look at Jones, I see you guys doing like communities, right? Like you guys, I, I, you, is it fair to call you like you, that you have a cult following, like that you're kind of a cult classic? You could say that. I mean, it's definitely, we've kind of gone towards a Pacific Northwest lifestyle vibe. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just kind of something that, that was missing. You know, you get a lot of SoCal lifestyle vibes. So we kind of really wanted to embrace our roots there. Um, just, you know, the, the earth tonal colors and, and sticking with our, our Portland roots. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how you did this, because when we look at Jones, like I said, we think you guys have such a phenomenal brand that you guys have built a community of people that all love what you do. Mm -hmm. And, and that's one of the hardest things for a lot of new companies to start, right. Is building that community and building that following. Totally. What are, what are the, some of the steps that you guys took in those early times to, to make sure that you built that foundation? So we, we really started with the Greengrass wholesale market. Greengrass being mm -hmm. pro shops, right? That's, that's kind of what Jones was known for is, you know, flooding, flooding the golf shops with Jones bags. So we, we started there, obviously, with the old head pros that were familiar with Jones. Yep. Um, so that was kind of our, our beginning business model was getting golf bags and pro shops but obviously from there we had to figure out a way to get the younger generations involved and ironically enough that was right when instagram started so oh, yeah. so social media has been a you know a key tool for us in getting into the the hands of the younger generations um so we we're very fortunate with that you know i'll remember so well when we hit 500 followers thinking that was a big deal you know and now obviously we have closer to 65 70,000 so yep which is a much bigger reach than 500 but yeah building that <laughs> building that community social media wise has definitely been very beneficial for the Jones brand awesome so it's kind of like you know i i what i hear is like what what's really cool about what 
Matt did for everybody who's listening. And, and, and to me, this is a massive lesson for any entrepreneur, right? Every entrepreneur that I like, they want to shoot for the moon. They want to go and attack everybody because everybody can, can buy their product. But which is, which is true. Essentially every golfer could buy a Jones golf bag, right? Every golfer would be that customer. But what, what Matt and the early Jones team did is they said, well, yes, that might be the truth, but like, let's stick to some, like our niche, like our Portland roots, the, the Pacific Northwest roots, right? So that's number one, kind of like identifying where they were going to stick to niche wise. And mm-hmm. number two is they found this low hanging fruit, right? Which was, okay, now the dudes or the ladies that are golf pros in shops are probably people who were using our product back when George was wheeling and dealing. Correct. Right. And so you, you yep. got to this like low hanging fruit and got it out there again. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you're Correct. seeding product, right. Which is, which is awareness. It's sales. It's, it's a little bit of everything. And then boom, the Instagram bubble hits and before any sort of algorithm changes, any sort of pay to play model hits, you guys jump in and are able to kind of capitalize and start to start to hit these younger, the younger generation. How totally. Cool. And we were lucky too, because obviously it's an old brand, right? But mm-hmm. stuff like this with fashion and stuff, it's 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 a timeless brand. Um, you know, yep. I, I compared it to a Ray Band or a, a Jordan shoe, right? Like it's old school and kids love that. Um yeah. so we were very True. fortunate with that, just connecting with hey, old school's new school. It's cool, <laughs> it's simple, it's understated, you know, it's not a big NASCAR um sticker down the side of your bag if you see a jones you kind of know it's a jones yep yeah for sure i love it okay cool so that's like those are like early stages right like early wins kind of how you went out went out about it and and attacked the business then what about the last couple years right what is how have you guys what have you been doing to pivot for success in the last two years especially with things like covid Mm -hmm. What, what are some of those things you focused on uh, definitely focusing more on direct to consumer, obviously okay. being able to just swipe up from your phone and buying, like, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that's, that's how I shop, you know, I For sure. stuff ships directly to my door and that's the way I like it. You know, I don't, I hardly go into retail shops anymore. Um, yeah. when, when I do, you know, I rarely buy, I just, I'm usually looking, but it's kind of just knowing what you want. So, um, and luckily I met you guys too. Um, yeah, we've, we've been. We avoided the whole ad spend thing for years and years, just thinking, no, we're fine. We can organically grow it. Um, we're doing just just fine. But after meeting you guys, throwing the ad spend in there and, and getting more eyeballs that haven't seen it um, has really taken us to the next level as far as a direct-to-consumer market. Um, and that's, that's, that's primarily what we're going to focus on the next few years is just keep growing that, um, getting people to swipe up and and get bags shipped directly to them. Yeah, when we jumped in, I mean, we were so stoked to work with you guys because what you had already built, though. You know, and I and I think right. a lot of companies try to skip that step. Right. Which is yes, like paid advertising absolutely can can add gasoline to the fire and can really help your rocket ship go. But you need to have a rocket ship built. Right. Right. In right, order to put sure. the fuel in there. Right. And you guys already had a rocket ship built. It just needed a little extra fuel in there Correct. to get you guys to that next level. Correct. And 
and it was phenomenal watching that that success over the last year even with covid hitting everything got shutting down you guys grew phenomenally no i mean we got very fortunate to be in the golf industry during covid obviously there was a huge boom um you know people weren't working but t-sheets were still open and they were fuller than ever and you yeah. know people people were still buying stuff so they needed golf product you know we we have a lot of new golfers now that we didn't in the past For you know sure. it was just people that golfed and needed a golf bag but now there's new players involved and um no we we're very fortunate during covid yeah super cool like i i absolutely love that that was the thing mark you kind of took the words like right out of my mouth is is if you if you can find a way to build a brand first and then pour the you know use the paid strategy to, for the gasoline that's that's a hundred percent the way you should go you know yeah. and yeah. and Jones like an absolutely epic example of how to do that the right way um, so I love it we've loved working with you guys uh, and likewise uh, man and, and no, love seeing I'll, the- I'll say it again you guys have taken our brand to the next level and I'm I'm very fortunate you walked into our lives and let's keep it rolling. Blessings. We will. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it rolling. Yeah, I'll I'll have to Venmo you for saying that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for the paid sponsor. Didn't even ask me to say that. Thanks for the sponsor. That's just that's straight from the heart. That's our first <laughs> Thanks, ad. Man. That's our first ad. <laughs> so, well, okay. so really quick, I want I do want to touch on this a little bit, right? Because paid paid advertising can obviously boost things up, right? But in the while you while you have paid advertising going, you still have to focus on a brand, which you guys have still done. You guys have still stayed authentic. And and for you as a CEO, like how do you manage keeping your brand authentic even through periods of extreme growth? Like it could be really easy to start chasing dollars per se mm-hmm. instead of focusing in on like what makes you guys unique. Mm-hmm. What helps you stay focused as a CEO? leading a company and being authentic and keeping it real? Well, Dude, that's a tasty question, Mark. I like that. Being authentic <laughs> has really helped because we have hired golfers. We have lots of golfers that work for us. And by when I say golfers, I mean really good sticks. Um, you know, the average handicap at Jones is probably scratch. I got you know, a few, few guys that played pro, um, six or seven guys that played college golf. Um, so it's, it's extremely competitive and we like to think of ourselves as golfers making golf bags. So we know what we like, we know what works, we know what's functional. Um, so we've just kind of just stayed steady and and trusting ourselves and knowing what we think is going to sell and what, what we think is cool. So cool. So cool. Um, that's amazing because really everyone working for you is your target audience. Exactly. Correct. So you, but, so it's but, a lot. It's a lot harder Mark, for other also, companies. There's also new golfers. I mean, like you still have to teach them, you know what what works, right? Um, for but, sure. Yeah, I mean, we've we've been fortunate with with a lot of good key hires. You know, we talk about marketing to markers marketers a lot mm-hmm. between Trevor and myself, which means a lot of companies get caught up with like what they think is cool, even though it's not necessarily what their target audience wants because they're kind of out of line with their target audience. But it's interesting because your target audience is who's working for you. So it's it yeah. probably makes that gap a little smaller when you guys are iterating through your ideas. Totally. Yeah, totally. And we the fun part is, too, is we, you know, Chris Carnahan, my business partner, who's been here since the beginning, is kind of, you know, the guy that works with our manufacturer and does all the designs. But at the end of the day, we all have input on what we think should be the final 
stage and final product. So it, it's great to just kind of be able to sit down and say yes or no. One of the, one of the things I kind of want to call out from this is, you know, something really cool that Jones does, and we might we might have, I might have a quick question for you on this map, but what something cool that Jones does is they host this massive tournament every year out in like the desert in Oregon, which I didn't know existed, <laughs> called the Weekender. Um, and it, it's this, it's this just big tournament. What there's 30 teams. Yeah. Um, so only, I think what 60 people, cause it's 30 teams of two. So only 60 people year. get to go to this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it started small, but has become this massively coveted event that people in the golf world, like the go- people who love golf, right. Want to attend. And when, when I was at it this year, that was something I recognized was like your team. What's so cool. I've never met a team like the Jones team because of, because of everybody's background with golf, they treat the company like it's their company because they're all big golfers. Like you hired people who are crazy passionate about what they do. Like how, how hard is that to find, right? Most people are just looking for a good job let alone a great job in an industry that they absolutely love. We, uh, <laughs> we, we got very, very fortunate with, you know, the fact that this culture was just created by hiring these golfers that wanted to come work. They were done golfing. They're like, Hey, I need a job. And I was like, okay, cool. Come, come do this for us. Come do that for us. Um, and it all just boiled down to, you know, everyone with the same mindset of, creating these cool products and and having this family environment to come to where it just doesn't feel like work um so we've been very fortunate with that and i'll say yeah we we got lucky we've just been lucky with the culture and the vibe and it's just it's authentic um you know we're not forcing anything we've just been just been ourselves really so cool yeah so cool so what one kind of last thing around this journey, and then I have a, I have we have an entrepreneurial question for you. Is I, I want to jump back into this this big event this weekender. Mm-hmm. What what about the weekender? Because I loved I one of the things we love talking to people about is experiences and collaborations, and and I think you guys you nail it with stuff like that. And so tell me tell me like what what and to was give the audience some big, background on that really quick is. Jones does an awesome job with cross collaborating um, with other golf brands. For sure. So yeah. they come out with unique products. You know, one of their recent collabs is with a brand called Grayson. And they do a phenomenal job of really partnering up with other like minded companies and have, have not only formed a community of, of customers, but Matt, you've done a good job of forming a community of, of companies too. Yeah, we've been very fortunate with the versatility of our brand. Um, like you were saying, Mark, being able to team up with a company like Grayson, who's definitely a a higher price point and very, um, you know, very, very, I'll say expensive. I mean, it's just, it's a higher price point and, you know, Mm -hmm. but we can still, um, we can still relate and it elevates our brand. And to speak on that too, we've collaborated with brands like Malvin golf, who's Mm -hmm. like a street streetwear golf brand. And so it, we can go both ways with it and, you know, still, still connect with our audience and not force it down their throats. Yeah, for sure. And the cool thing about that is not that you connect with your audience, but now you're connecting with their audience, right? Correct. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's Correct. what it's all about at this point. Yeah. Like it's so, 
it, it's getting more and more expensive every single year when it comes to acquiring new customers. And so you guys do such a phenomenal job with the brand at finding other brands to share audiences with. And that's really what you're doing there. So it's the collaborations it's super... are just so fun too. Cause meeting, yeah. you know, meeting different business owners, like-minded people that have the same vision and being able to work with them and seeing what they think is just, it's been really, really fun. Um, I love yeah. It. Charlie Schaefer of Grayson is an absolute genius and, and so is Stephen Malbin in their own way. 100%. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, let, let, let's jump into, let, let's get a couple of questions, man. Like if for, for those listeners, right? Because we've got, we've got young entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, early business owners, right? Mm-hmm. What is some advice, like it, one piece of advice you could give somebody who's in that early up stage? The early up stage, I would say, you know, you can't start a business without a little bit of seed money. Um, but at the same time, don't go to your bank and put yourself in debt. You have to have a little money um, behind it. And also surrounding yourself with people that are better at stuff than you are. Um, don't try and do it all yourself. That's just that's just me, though. And that's how it worked for me is, is hiring uh, my business partner now, Chris Carnahan, who had, you know, much more experienced than I did in the early stages. He worked at uh, another golf company and had his own wedge and putter line. So he had the contacts with factories and stuff, which, you know, I didn't, I was like, I told you earlier, I was buying old bags off eBay and trying to send them (laughs) to different factories and see what stuck. And he came in with a little bit more experience and was like, no, we need to do it this way. We got one shot at this. Let's make the right bag. And I was like, okay, cool. Show me the way. Um, so I would say, yeah, surrounding yourself with people that really can, can help you elevate yourself. I love that. I love that. It takes a little bit of money to make a little bit of money and find yourself the right, yes. the right yes. people. Yep. Yes, it does. Yeah, you... Legend. Thanks brother. Legend. Love it. All right, Matt, dude, what a pleasure, man. This has been, this has been a feast, dude. And we love what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, yeah, if, if tell tell everybody where to follow you, uh, where to follow Jones. Give us a little information so that the, the followers can can know who you guys are and, and connect at a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, our website is uh, www.jonesportsco.com. Our Instagram handle is Jones underscore Sports underscore Co. Um, I mean, yeah, to stay up to date, def- definitely just follow us on Instagram and peep the website for new stuff. And for all you golfers listening. Go check them out right now. They have the best bags in the business and their their inventory is light right now. So get it while you can before the holidays are up for Christmas. <laughs> Not only that, give us a call too. We have the best customer service team there is. We'll, we'll help you, guide you. Um, yeah, give us a call too. Yeah, buddy. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Marketer Podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a comment to help spread the word. Have a burning question for Trevor and Mark or a topic you'd love them to discuss? Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find the guys on Instagram at the Trevor Crump. See you next time.